That's better. That's better. That looks pretty good. Yeah. I'd say Even that's for good. the two of us together, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now we are. <laughs> now we are. Do you do your countdown? Yes, will you please count me in? Yeah. Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 111, Tremors. The monster movie that breaks this podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> well, wait, I have another one, too. They say there's nothing new under the sun, but under this podcast, dot, 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 <laughs> <laughs> dot, 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 sinister, <laughs> very sinister. Let's see if we make it out of this one alive. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Chaos. And I am stepping in as your co-host, guest host, special host. What am I now? <laughs> I don't even know. You're Maverick. Social media Maverick. Maverick. There you go. Carnage, we miss you. We miss you, Carnage. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I'm stepping in for Carnage because she's still a cesspool of infective infectiousness. Mm. That we don't want any part of. No. So. Because that sounds gross. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, by the way, for agreeing to step in and take over Carnage's very, very difficult role. I've been threatening to do this since the beginning. You and have, now actually. I've now this is my, finally my time to shine. Carnage I is sweating at home. <laughs> <laughs> Coming for you, Carnage. <laughs> So, this week, well, are you going to, who are we? What the podcast is? Wait, oh, yeah, I got to tell them. Intru uh, intro? Our, I got to do our intro of, for noobs. If this is your first episode of the show, um, welcome and congratulations because your life is about to change forever. <laughs> this is a great one to come in on, though. I think so. Even if it is different and not at all typical. I think this is a great first episode. Um, welcome. And also, we are a horror movie review podcast. Um, usually, Carnage and I take turns picking movies 
um, anything that can be at all considered horror. I mean, if this is, then what isn't really, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, we talk about it. We break it down. We analyze it. We do opinions, trivia. We rate things. We have arbitrary awards we give away. Um yeah, and we spoil the shit out of it. Oh, and expletives ahead. Yes. I say as I swear. What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> and that is the shitting intro. <laughs> it works. It works. So what did we do this week, Chaos? We did tremors. Yeah. <sighs> we did tremors. So this movie came out in 1990. Rating was PG-13. Should have been an R rating. Mm. We'll discuss that later. Mm-hmm. Was 96 minutes long. It got a 7.1 on the IMDb scale. Actually had a really high rating. How about that tomato meter? So glad that you asked. The tomato meter is certified fresh at an 88%. Uh, total count 42 critics, critic consensus, and affectionate throwback to 1950s creature features, Tremors reinvigorates its genre tropes with a finely balanced combination of horror and humor. Audience score, 75%. Very respectable. Yes. Very respectable. See, I'm really stepping into Carnage's music as I'm using all her terminology. <laughs> 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 I said I'm gonna step in her spot someday. Uh oh, I think I think I did something bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, she can have her spot back. <laughs> it's gonna be it would be hard to it would be really hard to keep doing this with two boys. What was that? I have no idea. I think my computer just made a noise. It sounded like an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> Did I call one? Are we going somewhere? <laughs> what? Third floor. <laughs> Menswear. <laughs> Appliances. Hunting. <laughs> Haberdashery soft furnishings. There you go. That works. Going down. Uh, okay, so I also prepared one of Carnage's famous five-second summaries. Oh, sweet. Okay, but that goes after the cast. It does? Yes. It didn't in the episodes I listened to. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay that's okay we can do cast first all right i think ooh, which ones did you listen to i'm really curious now uh well, were they pet, like long ago or were they pet cemetery ones? was one okay. i listened i listened to a lot of them that i'm in of course <laughs> <laughs> um pet cemetery dream house Ooh, you listen to that dream house wow it's actually one of the funniest ones is it we, really yeah we did we tear that one a new asshole <laughs> Um, I love it when we do that. Jaws. Mm. Jaws. I tried to do like a spread. So not all brand new ones, but not all old, old ones. Okay. So, okay. We must have changed that at some point because lately we've been doing it right before the regular summary. But anyway. That makes sense. Go ahead. Go with the cast. Okay. Cast Val or, or Valentine was Kevin Bacon. Everyone knows who Kevin Bacon is. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I mean, you know who Kevin Bacon is. How many degrees from Kevin Bacon are we? We are <laughs> one. one degree from Kevin Bacon. That's right. Do we want to talk about that now? Six degrees of Kevin Bacon while we're talking about Kevin Bacon. Sure enough. Because right everybody knows Kevin Bacon. I have several different ways 
to Kevin Bacon personally, but one is the best because it's one. Yes. Can't beat one. Yes. Like I have one where like an ex was a cousin of, uh, what's his name? Christian Slater, who was in movies with Kevin Bacon. Okay. Fair enough. That's like four degrees. Yeah. But then I also just know a guy who knows Kevin Bacon. So that's like two. Or is that one? No, that's one. There you go. That's one. Yeah. And then we have our, our friend Susie. Right. Yes. Who Susie does. escorted him on the red carpet or something. Yeah. When she worked at 20th Century Fox. Was that it? Yeah. Something like that. I'm Hi, not... Susie. Hi, we miss Susie. you. I know. I wish she listened. I'm sure she doesn't, but. I'll make sure I, I send this one to her. Okay. It's cool. Fine. All right. Next. Okay. Earl was Fred Ward. Fred Ward, who most people know who he is, and yet really the only thing he's known for is tremors. <laughs> <laughs> Which surprised me, but a lot of people <laughs> fall into that category with this movie. Yeah. I mean, I sat here. I mean, you were here, too, <laughs> on IMDb, and it's, with the exception of Kevin Bacon and two other people, it's, they're people you know, but they only had just bit parts, like one episode of, like, popular shows, and mm-hmm. then Tremors. Right. <laughs> Which is funny to me. Okay, so Rhonda was Finn Carter. Once again, she didn't really do anything. Bit parts and Tremors. Tremors. <laughs> Bert was Michael Gross. Uh, this one we did actually have. He was known for Family Ties. Was that the one I wrote down? Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tremors. <laughs> and Tremors. Oh, and um, what that Sopra. Soap, Sopra. Soap so- opera. Soap opera. Was that him? Yeah, it was. As the World Turns. As the World Turns. He did like 36 episodes of that. Holy cow. And And... Family Ties and, and Family Tremors. Ties, <laughs> which was too young for us. Family yes. Ties. Yeah. I like being able to say that about something. <laughs> I don't get to say that that often. Oh, um, me and just Joe were talking about that last night. We were talking about, because we were talking about um, the craziness of all of everything going on at the stores right now. Yeah. And we were talking about stores and he went off on this whole rant about <laughs> Like having when you're little, having to go to like three different stores to get different things because they didn't have places like Walmart and stuff like that. Mm. And he said he mentioned a specific store, and I was like, "Oh, Refco," and he was totally baffled that I knew that store. And mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm not that young." <laughs> <laughs> Next up on our cast list, Heather was Reba, the one and only Reba McIntyre. Again, if you don't know who Reba McIntyre is. Seriously. Just go kill yourself. <laughs> go play in traffic. Like, even if you're not a country fan, you have to I know, know who Reba like, McIntyre is. Like, I hate country is. music, but I freaking love Reba McIntyre. I mean, I mean, on. she had her own TV show called Reba. Hello. But beyond it was that, great and funny. she's like one of the top country singers of all time. Of all time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, next. She's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I would assume so. I would too, but I'm curious. While you look that up, go. Melvin was Robert Jane, known for Tremors. <laughs> Lots of bit parts and Tremors. Miguel, Tony Gennaro, known for Tremors. Lots of bit parts and Tremors. 
<laughs> Nancy Charlotte Stewart, known for Tremors. Lots of bit parts and Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find? Um, Let's see. It says... She is the most successful female country performer of her generation, achieved more than 50 top 10 singles and more one number one country albums than any other female artist. Yes, she is in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Okay. Because I sense. found her entry on that website. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So I'm just curious. Let's see. Fair enough. Yeah, just Google her. I mean, they'll even like play songs of hers if you're curious. Mm -hmm. But uh, she's pretty amazing. Read about her. She's cool. She's a cool lady. Okay. Anyway, I you feel did like Melvin I just yeah, I did. I did all the way down to Miguel and Nancy. You did. I just laughed about it. Okay. Yes. So, which brings us to Mindy, who is probably the only other person in this movie that you would know off the top of your head. Ariana Richards, known Ooh. for this movie and one other creature feature. <laughs> that we haven't yet done on the podcast yet. But we yet. probably don't have to watch that one. We could just podcast on it because I pretty much have that movie memorized. Ditto. A.K.A. one Jurassic Park. Jurassic fucking Park! She's Lexi in Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park 2. She does have a bit part in Jurassic Park 2. Mm-hmm. And she comes back for one more bit part I thought is it the latest one maybe I feel like she's in one of the newest ones too just really briefly like maybe it's a possibility yeah I don't know I just, I just she, like she's, she's just she's like, the blonde girl who does all the computer stuff yeah she's the, the hacker the hacker she's a hacker I'm a hacker <laughs> I hate how she says that in that movie I I love her I love it's her it's a Unix system I know this. <laughs> She's like <laughs> freaking while, out while her brother sits there and watches her over her shoulder. He could be giving the gun to help <laughs> them fight the raptors. <laughs> I know, but all he can do is stand next to his sister and pat her chair you and go, dick. "Come on, Lex, you dick! <laughs> <laughs> you like ten-year-old dick? How dare you not pick up that assault rifle and hand it over?" <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let's finish the cast list. <laughs> what? The cast list? Okay. <laughs> okay, so next is Nestor, uh, played by Richard Marcus. Uh, do I have to say it again? Known for <laughs> Tremors. <laughs> and lots of bit parts. However, he does have some distinction. Yes, he has a special distinction in this episode for most pathetic death. We are going to... Therefore, always call this the Nestor Award. The Nestor Award, the most pathetic death. Are we going to explain what his death is? Or are we talking about that later? Yeah. Um, well, he basically, like, dies on a tire. He gets knocked off the mobile home that he's standing on. Yes. Because the graboids roll it. <laughs> yeah. And then they're, like, they're yelling at him and they're saying... Get off, you know, get high, get, get high, get off ground. the ground. Is it get get to high ground? Yeah. Get on the roof. Get on get to higher ground. And then he gets on the and tire. Dumbass. 
crawls up. I mean, it is a giant tire. I'll give him that. But he doesn't even, like, get on the tire and stand on the tire. He lays across it. He lays across it. With his stomach, like, in the middle hole. You know what a tire looks like when it's not attached to anything. It's just a big black donut. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of playing in the water as a kid like with those inner tubes and it's like i mean who does not sit on one of those inner tubes and at least once imagine getting eaten by a shark (laughs) swimming up the middle we do have a we do have a kittener award for that reason yeah (laughs) that is pretty much what happens to him yes exactly but it's yeah it's the same thing what happens he lays across his giant tire and then the graboid he's, comes right like up the middle and just off the ground. He's yeah. like just like sticking his ass right out there for yeah. the graboid to get him, and just just comes right up underneath him and just, <laughs> just sucks him down like an order. Of course, so. we did ask then how is he screaming underground? Yeah, because it drags him underground and he's screaming. Okay, but that's a we'll Whatever. get to that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this, what did you What did you say while we were watching the movie? The science of this movie makes you scratch your head or something yeah. like that. <laughs> the science of this movie is really bad. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make any sense. And then we have Walter. Oh, poor Walter. I thought it really sucked when he died. He that was, was my yeah. least favorite death. I agree. I agree. Walter was played by Victor Wong. Guess what he was known for? why don't you tell me (laughs) lots of bit parts and tremors someone is going to chorus and incorrect us and be like oh no he was known for this actually victor wong had a very brief but crucial role in yeah (laughs) shut up i don't fucking care we don't do that here (laughs) (laughs) no you can find that elsewhere um oh i have some trivia about um walter's death later oh cool that's okay except that pepsi totally killed him and you should never trust the pepsi corporation ever well that that's coke usually but okay (laughs) that was a pepsi machine i know but coke is the one that kills all the people in south america (laughs) (laughs) this is a proven thing didn't you know that no i don't know what you're talking about oh yeah once many many moons ago I went to a uh, fair trade conference in downtown Cleveland, uh-huh. and they actually had like some guy who had worked for like Coca Cola down in like South America, and he told us all these like horrible stories about like the working conditions and stuff at oh the Coca Cola plants. Yeah, yeah. I I can't drink Coca Cola anymore. I apparently, drink, I can't drink Coca Cola anyway because I think it's disgusting. But yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, all right. Well, now I'm depressed, and I don't know if I can go on. <laughs> oh wait, I'm fine now. It's been okay. a minute. I, was, I don't. I don't know if I could handle this podcast on my own. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now is the time for Carnage's famous five second summary. Yes, please. Are you ready for this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Giant worms attack Kevin Bacon. And things go awry. Oh, clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Golf clap. Golf clap. Did I do it right, Carnage? Did it? <laughs> did I do good? What do you think, Carnage? I think it sounds pretty good. Coming for you. <laughs> Get well soon. <laughs> but not soon enough. I, I like that one. That was a good one. <sighs> so, 
Yeah. All right. So, Tremors. Let's get into our summary of Tremors. Yes. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, folks. Yes. Come with us on this journey. So, surprisingly, this movie, actually, like, it opens up with your main characters. Yeah. Like, it didn't have, like, an opening with, like, you know, unknown people or whatever like that. That comes later. Right. It does. <laughs> In the middle of the movie, which is a little confusing, but yeah. we'll get to that. And explains why I didn't know that this was a Kevin movie, or Kevin Bacon movie. La, 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 la. Kevin Bacon movie for, like, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, you know, honestly, I kind of think that I'm kind of surprised that that scene is not in the beginning because it would be a perfect beginning, opening creature feature scene. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It would. Like, it totally makes sense. And it really, like, it's stupid that it's in the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, we haven't been previously introduced to these characters. Yeah. They. They're, they hold no weight or significance to us. Yeah, I was even reading on IMDb that at one point there's a sign that says that the the population of the little town Perfection, Perfection mm-hmm. is 14. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't actually include the doctor and his wife, those two people, because they had just moved there. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like, yeah, basically they're unknown characters. So they are. it would have made more sense for them to be for killed earlier to in be the movie. Killed, right. Like the be the first scenes that you're introduced to the f- creature. Yeah. And uh but I don't know. I I also get the idea of not showing your creature too care too soon. Was did did they actually show it in that scene? We're talking about the scene uh, where the doctor and his wife are, like, building their new house or they're kind of actually stopping for the day, but they've been building their new house and their house is just framed and that's not how you frame a house and it's not how you construct a house at all. And <laughs> I would know, jo- but... Where's just Joe when we need him <laughs> to go off on one of his carpentry rants? Yeah. Um, I, I don't have carpentry rants, but I did live in a camper while my parents built their house, so I do know what a house looks like when it's being built. And it's wrong. But anyway. That is wrong. <laughs> um, but we're talking about that scene. And because, yeah, I think um, it should go first in the movie. I, I, Not that there's anything wrong with the intro that we get. I just think I mean, that it scene opens, is it, not. It opens up with Val and Earl out in their truck. It's morning. Yeah. They're out doing things, handyman. Th- they're essentially yeah. handymen. They're handymen. For hire. It's establishing what they do. We're we're establishing these two characters, their friendship, their business, quote unquote. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's a loose definition of the term. Um, and what they do in this tiny town, and we get, and and therefore we get introduced to the tiny town of perfection, which this, as the sign says, the population is. 14, technically 16. At the moment. <laughs> At the moment. <laughs> Unless you count the graboids and it's like 20. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Technically that, that would But count. I mean, it's, you know, it sets them up. It, it does show their two characters and like you said, like what they do or don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it sets them up as like they're, they're going to get away from this podunk town and get out of the valley. 
and stop being handyman handyman and living like day to day because they're not even paycheck to paycheck they're just day to day pretty much yeah yeah which is fine so then they go and they pack up their truck in perfection mm-hmm. and they tell everybody hey see ya the who is it nancy tries to convince them to stay yeah, she, beer, she even offers lunches and free lunches and free beer. Which is apparently something that has worked in the past because in the next scene you see them driving off and they're congratulating themselves for turning down free beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think these guys usually ever have turned down free beer in the past before this date. No. Correct. Correct. Mm-mm. So no. they go and they're driving. And they see, is it Old Ed? No, is that the other name of the other guy? Um, Edgar Deems. Ed, that's it. They see Edgar up on one of the big, tall electric pole thingies, arm thingies. <laughs> yeah, one of those, like uh, the tower thingies. Yeah. Yeah. They see Edgar up this tower and they're laughing because they're like, oh, you done gone up there and got yourself stuck. And yeah, they think he's just drunk. Yeah. Which there again, apparently there's a history of this happening because they call him an old booze hound. So Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon Val climbs up because they're going to go up there and get him down. And he gets up there and realizes that old man is essentially baked in the sun. Yeah, and he actually, like, I'm sorry, he actually carries him down anyway. I would have left him up there. <laughs> I've been like, the paramedics can go get him. I don't, <laughs> you know what? Did you notice whenever it, like, in this movie, whenever it shows a dead body or any kind of, like, body gore, there's always the sound of flies. Like, the yeah. buzzing of flies. Like buzzing. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter, like, how fresh it looks. There's the buzzing of flies. Yeah. But apparently, that's this movie's uh, denotation. For death? <laughs> For death. It's just buzzing flies. It doesn't matter if they died two seconds ago, two weeks ago, <laughs> buzzing flies. Yeah. So they turn around and they head back to perfection. Back to perfection. Where this is where you're introduced to the doctor and his wife. Because they're asking, trying to figure out how Edgar died. He died of dehydration. Mm-hmm. Which would make sense. He said he baked to death essentially up there. Yeah. He was up there holding his gun, which was a big deal, too. Yeah, because they were like, who's going to, you know, essentially tree him? Uh, who's not afraid of that? G- he he had that giant rifle. Yeah. And something could still scare him up there and was not afraid of it. Like, what the hell? Yes. And that's all taken care of. Apparently, nobody finds this at all weird that this old man had climbed up there and died. Blah, blah, blah. They go to take off again. Yeah. It doesn't really explain where they actually got this time because they passed the road workers. Right? Am I? Am I? Is this right? I'm just trying to remember when they meet Rhonda. It's not like a big deal. But I'm like, I can't remember when they when they see her and they're like. Oh, I think maybe they meet. They meet Rhonda before they see the old man. Oh, okay. Because they're driving and they see her car. And that's, that's right, when they're, they that's when they're talking. And 
uh, Kevin Bacon gives his description of the perfect woman. <laughs> oh, God. Which is, was it You fourth? will have yeah. long blonde hair, uh, big blue eyes, uh, world-class boobs, world-class breasts, and legs that go all the way up. There you go. Yep. I don't, I can't even think of somebody like that normally. So I don't know. But anyway, so then I don't usually rank breasts. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, you did get to see me pump earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was world class I guess <laughs> thank you uh, <laughs> that's the closest I'll ever get to being a cow <laughs> any breastfeeding mom who also pumps can totally relate to that statement <laughs> so he has this whole description and they're they're talking about her and they know that she's a student mm-hmm. and he has this description and they're hoping that she looks like this and then she comes up to the side of the car and <laughs> she for lack of better wording looks absolutely nothing, nothing like that description. nothing like that description no she's got no rack frankly <laughs> <laughs> i don't know she's got she's got pretty good legs nothing wrong with her legs i would say yeah, I, I don't think I mean, there's anything really wrong with her. She just doesn't fit his standards of what he thinks yeah, is the no, perfect no, that, woman. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that she just she doesn't necessarily. Fit I just didn't his want to sound standard. like all of a sudden I was judging her. I was like, no, there's nothing wrong with her. I just yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm just saying that he has his description and she looks like total opposite. Yeah, she does. And she's I mean she's pretty though. She's got green eyes. I mean she's got really pretty eyes. I thought she's perky. And she's, yeah, she's cute. She's more cute than... Yeah, like pixie cute. Yeah. So they meet her. But he's such an ass. He, like, doesn't care because she doesn't fit his list. He yeah. just doesn't care Does about Does it matter that she's not... Yeah. Trust me. I, I dealt with that for how many years before I met Just Joe? <laughs> I yeah. get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So and she's she is studying to be a seismologist, an earthquake person. Yeah. Essentially. And she goes off on this big explanation of what she's doing and the machines that she has and what she's finding. Lots of readings. She says that she got like, oh, look, there's this one and then there's this one and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And then they drive off. <laughs> they drive off. And that's when they meet Edgar. She, in the meantime, is almost caught. By a graboid. Right. And we don't really see... We see it from the graboid's point of view. So we just see her getting into her truck. And then we don't really realize what's going on until we hear, like, this kind of, like, a thump and a squeal when she drives away. Yes. And we realize something almost got her, but we don't know what. Yes. But she's oblivious. She didn't hear it because she turned her car on, like, just as it squealed. So then they see Edgar, blah, 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 fast forward to back to where we were. Yes. Sorry about that. I just wanted to make sure we talked about meeting Rhonda. It's fine. So then they go to drive out of town again. Again. They pass the road people, the road workers, who are just two random road workers. It doesn't really explain why they're there working. It just, they're two random road workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They drive out again. And they're just driving, and then suddenly they stop, and that's when Earl goes, what the shit? (laughs) I love that one. That's one of my favorites. What the shit? What the shit? 
And they pull off because we had previously been, well, no, it was just another random character that has absolutely no point in the movie other than just to be killed. Random old man with sheep. Yes. Um. Oh, what was his name? This is old Ed. This is old Ed, yes. Uh, He's hoeing. <laughs> He's hoeing. I just wanted to say the word hoe. Um, shout out to Madalena. Lena, your Use a Dirty Ho song you sang me last week had me fall out of my chair at work laughing. <laughs> um, that sounds good. <laughs> it, was, it was. There was a whole voice, um, like, what? But what's it? What's it? Like a voice changer, too. So oh, a was, voice modulator oh, or yeah. something? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'll explain off the podcast. Okay. Um, I actually, I told you the story in, in text already, but I'll explain off the podcast. Oh, sorry. I might have missed it. It's fine. No, no, no. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, anyway. Anyway. So he is hoeing and yes. the sheep go crazy. They're running around in circles in their little pen. And he continues to hoe and his... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, Fred. His name is Fred. Oh. Why? Old Ed. Old Close Ed. Enough. Old Fred. Old Fred. Close enough. Anyway, Whatever. sorry. Whatever. His crappy tin scarecrow thing, <laughs> like, suddenly just, like, shifts. And basically, he's like, what? 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 And he's looking around like you're going to see something. And then basically he just gets sucked into the ground. <laughs> like a little hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> little sip. Little I mean, he screams. He does. But yeah, he just gets sucked into the ground. So then they're driving. And that's when Earl goes, what the shit? And they pull off because they found old Fred's farm. Yeah, they see all the dead bloody sheep. Yeah, sheep pieces. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because everything that we see indicates that these things probably swallow their prey whole, and yet we keep eating pieces of things everywhere. But yeah, whatever. not to mention like those were like, yeah, it wasn't like they were like big blood splatters either. They're like tiny. So if you're flying by at seventy miles an hour, you're not going to be able just to be like, pull look at those off. dead sheep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> look at the dead sheep. So they see the dead sheep. And they're looking around. They're calling out for old Fred, looking everywhere around his little shack, looking for him. And they go in the garden where he was previously hoeing. <laughs> yeah. Word of the day. Ho. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing there. Like, the ground is a little bit disturbed, but not a whole lot. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon... I just why Val <laughs> picks up old Fred's hat, yeah, which is laying perfectly on the ground in the only circular disturbance <laughs> of the ground. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. Like everything else, it's kind of shifted around, but not. A there whole really lot. should be a lot more ground disturbance for what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and there should be sinkholes and all. Yeah, kinds so of basically, stuff. it's like his hat is in the perfect center of this sinkhole. Little, yeah, like little almost or almost like a giant ant hill. <laughs> yeah, and old Fred's face is right yeah, there. Yeah, they just lift off the hat, and there's his face. 
essentially a, screaming out in silent terror <laughs> or we call it in the baby birthing world that's called sunny side up oh my <laughs> sunny side up no i think that i believe that's sunny side up yeah when they come out face first it's called sunny side up oh uh, my gosh gator actually was almost sunny side up almost he was just a little bit tilted down his nose was tilted slightly upwards we said he was looking at the party lights <laughs> i now officially know too much <laughs> again you got to watch me pump earlier <laughs> that right there says a true, true friend hey that's fine it's natural well i'm saying that that right there says you're a true friend um so they see this face and then and they, they really don't know what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, they really freak out because they're, again, like, what's going on? Jump back in their car. <laughs> speed back to perfection. Because even though perfection is only population 40, it's apparently the only town. It's the only town. The The only way, the only town around for like miles, even though there's like nobody who lives in it. It's yeah, there's like they, nothing um, in between. And and I found this that we don't really have that too much around here. But when I lived in Indiana, it was like that where you'd have this big giant distance in between towns and in between towns. There's just like nothing. It's like really, really weird that the towns aren't just next to each other. <laughs> I mean, I I would assume it exists. I'm just yeah, a, a plot device. Yeah, I guess, is well, what I'm totally going for. because there's only there's also only one road out of town. Yeah, because they talk they talk about Bixby, Bixby, which is like the next biggest one. So why wouldn't you go to Bixby then? Why would you turn around and head back they to keep perfection? Going back to perfection. So they turn around and they go back to perfection. They pass the road workers again. Mm-hmm. And they're yelling and telling them to get off the ground. Get out of there. Yeah. That there's something there. They don't know exactly what yet, but... They said there's a murderer. There's a murderer killing people Because then the one, ro- the one road worker goes to the truck and gets a crowbar. Yeah. And they're just like, what's well, okay, whatever. And the guy, there's a, there's one who's using a jackhammer and he goes back to jackhammering. And, um, and then I think it's kind of cool that they all of a sudden like something squeals and blood comes up yeah, from he's just, the he's jackhammering jam and then something goes like, and it yeah the, the thing squeals you hear it squeal from underneath the ground and then it like starts bubbling up red you're assuming it's blood right so i like that and then and then and like, then the jackhammer goes traveling off on its own through co- like through concrete or not even concrete what is that asphalt. asphalt like through asphalt yes he the 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 underground graboid thing worm thing just drags through asphalt and then the um for some reason the guy's like standing in the pile of cords and it wraps around his leg and so the graboid drags him off and presumably to be eaten yes i mean it does show later um because they Earl finds bloody a bloody hard hat complete with brain matter later yes 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 and then they go and they start panicking again 
because that's when they get hung up because Val Val freaks out and he and throws, they can't get out yeah yeah they he can't throws get out the truck in reverse they get stuck on like the mountainside or whatever yeah. right there they think he just got the bumper stuck right they're yelling about burning the clutch blah 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 <laughs> finally car become truck becomes unstuck and they shoot out yep. head back to perfection and they go back to Walter Chang's market um, but they are not back there very long before Mindy spots something weird attached to their rear axle dun, dun, dun. and Bert digs out uh, takes a shovel and pulls it out and uh, they don't know what it is they think it looks kind of like an eel or a snake or you know. descriptions yeah um, and they think that this is the whole animal. They think this is the monster, that there's some kind of monster or mutation that they've discovered. Um, I will give them credit. They did, as a group, decide very early on in the movie that it was a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't try and, like, do, like, a Sherlock Holmes Whenever you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Yeah. Like, they just decided, like, this is a monster. Right. And try and be like, it's something else. No, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then finally, they're like, oh, it's a monster. <laughs> yeah. Like, they decided right off the bat it was a monster. Yeah. Smart it's, of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's probably, like, the smart, only smart thing they do in this movie. <laughs> so... They're, uh, oh, then after this, uh, they're in the, the store for a while, but after this is the, is this the doctor scene with the doctor and his wife? Yes. And they're on their land outside of town. And I don't know about you, but I had completely forgotten that this was the same doctor who dealt with Edgar Deems earlier. I wasn't really (laughs) thinking about it, honestly. I was just like, who the fuck is this couple? They don't. Who are they? Well, as I was explaining to you when we watched it, the very first time I ever saw this movie, I saw it on TV. I think it was like TNT or something like that. was after school. (laughs) Me and my younger brother had gotten home and we were flipping through channels. This was the only scene we saw. (laughs) Like, it started at this part. So, the doctor gets, like, sucked in to the ground the the graboids eat their generator first yeah then the doctor gets sucked in oh it's terrible too it's, when he's screaming like help yeah me, help me yeah his wife is like throwing him pieces of wood trying to get him and it, it it's a lost cause it, it is it's probably the scariest part of this whole movie mm-hmm. the wife understandably freaks out runs jumps in the back of their station wagon slams the door Realizes she doesn't have the keys. Oh, doesn't have the keys. And then it shows the graboids, the tongue parts, yeah, are like or whatever. mouthing on the windows. Yeah. This was the only scene that me and my brother saw. Had no fucking clue what I was watching. <laughs> Understandably freaked us the fuck out. Yeah. This is why I say it took me over 10 years to realize this movie was a Kevin Bacon movie. Because <laughs> Kevin Bacon's not in this scene. <laughs> and because we were freaked out, we turned it off. 
I just I remember being absolutely horrified that this was on TV. <laughs> I know. I think the first time I ever saw this scene, I was just like, holy fuck, man. This is, like, really scary. Yeah. Like, it was so bad for this couple. Yeah. And so then she dies. And that's it. Like, they they fucking bury the car. Yeah. The Graboids pull the car underground with her in it. Which is like, whoa, shit. And that's like that's essentially it, like. But the radio's playing and the lights are on. Yeah, and I think that was a thing that that um, it's not a thing now on cars, but I think that was a thing on cars at the time where you could turn the lights on and turn the radio on without the keys, but you killed your battery a lot. <laughs> Makes sense. So yeah. So because then later, they go like the townsfolk in perfection realize that the doctor and his wife are missing and they go back to find them because they find the car like mm-hmm. they find it they dig it up essentially they find the the headlights are still on so they like they're shining out through the dirt a little bit so they're able to like yeah and it's they yeah, know find they, the car i feel like they find I, I didn't see it but i might not have been paying attention like they they find the wife in the car i believe no, I thought they just found the headlights and they just realized that the car was buried in there like what the shit could bury a car. Okay. I don't think they dug the car up. Okay. Well, at least they know, but they know that they're dead though. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, so they go back to town again. <laughs> back to Walter Chang's. Back to Walter Chang's market. Um, that kind of becomes like their epicenter. Yeah, like that's the, when they stay. That, for a while. That is that is um their base of operations, pretty much. Um, and they decide that they're going to ride into Bixby, and they have some horses. Walter's got some trail riding horses for the like one tourist they get a year. I don't know. <laughs> and, Something like that. And uh, so they go. Well, who are the strongest riders? And everybody looks at Val and Earl because they're like. Not highwaymen, but just like jack of all trades. Yeah. You know, like when you first meet them, they're palling around with cows. Yeah. You know, so yeah, they're cowboys. Yeah, they're cowboys. Vaqueros. Um, so. Oh, I also put down in my notes, Melvin is a shit and almost gets shot. (laughs) (laughs) True enough. But that happens a lot during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's just annoying. (laughs) And then we get majestic horse riding. (laughs) majestic horse riding yeah that's when they find the buried car with the headlights and wonder why something would do that Um, and then that's when they go that's how they get you they're under the goddamn ground okay that's when they figure it out all right um and then they get chased by one oh the horses they get the horses get attacked yes church award church award for the horses yeah sadness yes um, which the church award is uh, named after Church the Cat in Pet Cemetery. It's for when we sadly have an animal death because we hate animal deaths in movies. Yes. We're yes. animal lovers. Yes, that's We right. might not be people lovers, but we're animal lovers. On Absolutely. <laughs> it is totally okay to kill all the human beings you want. No. Nope. But wait a minute on the Kid, animals. Kids are off limits. Well, for you, not for me. My kids are off limits. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, so they get chased by one and just like they come up to this concrete ditch basically and they jump the ditch just trying to get away with it without really thinking but fortunately for them the thing just slams headlong into the concrete and kills itself yeah they um they run into Rhonda right after this she's like did you guys hear anything a minute ago and they're just like that's oh, really <laughs> yeah i mean and she sees the giant dead and then she's body like oh what the hell is uh... that what's that <laughs> The scientist is asking the, yeah, un, un, uh, not uncultured, but unschooled people. What is that? What is that? So they unfail this thing's head, and they figure, and she's, um, and I mean, they find the length of it too, because like Val, right. Val, Val is digs down it by up. the tail. Mm-hmm. So they figure out like how enormous this these things really are, and then um, Ron, Rhoda, Rhonda, Rhonda. <sighs> Rhonda realizes that actually there's got to be when she's looking at her readings her seismology readings there's got to be three more of these things and then they realize they're in real trouble yes yeah because I mean she has her um, seismographs and so she has the printouts of everything um and that she can like pinpoint like how many there are by looking at the graphs because she has them in a couple of different places. Right. So looking at the patterns, blah, blah, blah. And she can see at two o'clock there was something happening over here, but three miles away there was something happening over here. So therefore there's, you know, more than one. And then they got, they get, they get chased again. Um, they end up spending the night on some rocks or as she calls them residual boulders. <laughs> I just like when she's like, we got to stay in these residual, residual boulders. And then Earl's like, yeah, come on, residual boulders. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny, but it is. That's when they do the pole vaulting. Yes. So because it's that that's the part where she explains that they're attracted to sound. So they're hearing them talk and they're hearing them step on the ground yes and when they're on the rocks they're actually hearing them better but they can't get to them because they can't move through rock yes obviously i mean makes total sense i don't know how the they're actually moving through the ground but they definitely can't move through rock (laughs) (laughs) um they make they make it back to her little Mazda truck and just barely manage to make it away get away uh, again and go back to town again again. Um, Bear in mind they were driving this truck. Her face was down by the pedals. Yeah. So who was steering She's got the truck? Like, I think she had like one arm like up behind her, like on steering. Yeah, steering. But they were sitting in and her like, face. <laughs> but they were sitting in the back part of the truck facing backwards. So who was paying attention facing How forwards? was she staying on the road? Yeah. Yeah. I, but I mean I, she, she does, couldn't she see. does she does go, Hey, can somebody, can somebody help, help me? me? Yeah. Um They get back to town, they're back at the store. They're trying to figure out what to do because they realize now that these things are huge. They're under the grounds. This kind of this is like ramping up towards the climax. Like once they come back to town, because this is 
getting everybody together. Right. Essentially. They're getting everybody together now. But they realize that these things are headed straight for town. You know, Val pulls a map off the wall and shows them, look, you know, um, Edgar Deems was here, the furthest outside yeah. of town. Then... Um, Old Fred was Old here. Old Fred was, then... was next, and then the doctor was next, and then next was perfection. Yeah. it Like, it, he explains it has to do with them being in the valley. Mm-hmm. And it's what they call, don't they call it an interstate? Like, just headed right down the... Yeah. Right down the line. It's a smorgasbord. That's it. Smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I like when when um, Nancy's like, well, no, they'll you know they'll send somebody for us. We just have to wait it out, and they'll send somebody because that's that's what happens, right? Like, and then they cut to showing a service car of somebody from like the phone company or maybe the electrical company. I'm not really Who sure. Made it to the rock slide where the road workers where were the, right where the roads out. Um, but then we find yeah and it just it shows the truck and then it just kind of slowly moves backwards along the road and you'd be expecting to see like boots on the ground blah 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 no instead you see tool you know, like a, a, a tool, tool belt. belt and a hard hat and blood and, and like, blood oh, and well, like, that's the end okay. and then quick cut back to back back to the uh story yeah where uh you know melvin's being an ass um but he ends up being the boy who cried wolf because he ends up being the one who uh, basically announces that the Graboids have arrived. Because he has when, his basketball. And when, first, at first he's playing with it and he screams and then he throws it at Earl. Yeah. And, and then because uh, he's crying wolf. Um, but then later he's dribbling his basketball and all of a sudden it just stops coming back up. And yeah. he screams... <laughs> And they're like, gosh, darn it, we're going to kill him. And everybody runs outside, and they're looking around, looking for Melvin. And then they look up. And Melvin's he had, like, up. shimmied up a flagpole. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, yeah, so he's up there because the Graboids have arrived. And then we've, like, we've got Mindy on her pogo stick. They've got to go, they've got to go save Mindy. Yeah. That, I mean, that's Nancy, is her mom. Yeah. So she goes and she gets her just in time. They eat the pogo stick, but Mindy is saved. Mm-hmm. And then it, it spits the pogo stick out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Mindy and Nancy crawl up on the roof of their house. Right. Everybody's... uh Rhonda has to abandon her pants. The Graboid chases them inside. The Pepsi machine gets Walter. The Pepsi machine goes off when they're all trying to be quiet. Because it's broken. Because it's broken. And uh, one of the Graboids bursts through the floor and grabs and eats Walter. Grabs Um, him a la Quint is grabbed by the shark in Jaws. (laughs) No, if you pay attention, the whole side-to-side movement that it does with him. With him in it, really? Yes. Was that done on purpose? I don't know. It just look, oh. it looks a lot like it. it. Just you just saying it looks like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that definitely because it does shake its head from side to side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With him in the mouth, and uh-huh. then it goes under, and then it goes under and drags him down, just like Quint. That's my favorite death for that part alone. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't like it though. Walter dies. I just I like it for the jaws. 
I get it though. Yeah, totally. Um, so the others make it up onto the roof. They try to warn Bert and Heather, um, but like Bert is not listening to them, even though they explain themselves like 10 times. And uh, this is where you find out that Bert and Heather are like doomsday preppers. Yeah, like extreme doomsday preppers. They have I love like it. an underground bunker with a wall of guns. Yeah, their rec room is an underground <laughs> bunker with a wall of guns. And so they're talking to them on the radio and they're explaining like, we're all stuck up on the roof. Get up um, on your roof. They're Rhonda, under the ground. Rhonda um, gets knocked out the window and ends up crawling up onto the water tower, which yeah. is right next to the store. Which is just like the smallest water tower I've ever seen. <laughs> Melvin is on top of the shed. Um, Mindy and Nancy are still on the roof of their house. And then... Uh, Miguel, Val, and Earl are all on top of the store. Yeah. One of the graboids bursts in on on uh, Bert and Heather in their basement. Um, <laughs> and they, and they, they just unload. They just completely unload. Like, they just, they even, like, he, Bert smashes in the glass on his one case and pulls his elephant gun out. Yeah. And, and that's how they end up killing it. And I love it. I mean, at like, the they, end. Each, they each have rifles when it first when it first bursts in yeah and they empty those rifles and then they just turn look at each other and then they move and it just turns and it's this just wall of guns yeah and it basically like it's a montage they're pulling like various guns off the wall and just unloading 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 into this thing and it takes forever but they finally do kill it (laughs) and bird goes Broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard? <laughs> I love. They are so funny. Bert and um, Bert and Heather are my. I think they're like my favorites. Really, I, mean, I agree. I just love them so much. I agree. Um, and then he he radios over to let them know that he killed one of the mother humpers. <laughs> yes um and uh wait can i say that okay um this movie was originally given an r rating not for violence but for language um it originally included as many as 20 (laughs) f-bombs um to appeal and get the rating down because it was initially then it rated pg-13 that was the uh, um release movie uh, producers removed all utterances of the F word with the exception of two. Right. So... I know one of them is where uh, Val says, fuck you. Mm-hmm. He says it to the graboid. I think it's. At, is that old, at old Fred's? I think he yells, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Or something like that. But. Yeah. Uh, many of the swears were dubbed over with other words, including. Can you fly, you sucker? <laughs> we killed that mother humper. And what the shit? <laughs> yes. And that that was what I was going to say. He We we killed that mother humper, obviously. And then when... Um, <laughs> and then they repeat it back. He, when he repeats yep. it back, you well, can there's... totally see Kevin Bacon's mouth is not saying humper. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is not saying humper. But it is funny to hear him say, well, there's still what, two more. Or those... three more. Three more He's mother like, humpers. two more mother humpers left. Yeah. So the graboids are studying the buildings. Um, 
they knock this is when they roll Nestor's camper. Nestor gets uh of course knocked down and eaten when he tries to hide on a tire. And that's when uh after everyone views this view this brutal death, um Melvin yells, You guys gotta do something in his little like puberty voice. <laughs> his voice squeaks. You gotta do something. His voice squeaks, it's pretty funny. Um the I, don't, graboid... I don't have teen boys yet, so I can't do it. <laughs> Won't that be fun? <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> so Bert and Heather have a truck, but the Graboids disable it. I don't know how they knew it was there. So they because they were up. they were hatching this plan to hop for Bert and Heather to hop in the truck, go back like a, across town because they're not out of town. Like everybody can see each other, right? But. Yeah, and so the, essentially, like, the Graboids are circling like sharks. They are. Mm-hmm. They're Like, there's one going around Bert and Heather, yep. and then there's another one that's going around everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they're having this discussion about hopping in the truck and driving to Bixby. Um, just Bert and Heather, where are you going to go? They were going to go, yeah, they were going to go and up then, the old like, Jeep bring, trail. And then, like, bring back everybody else. Right. Or help Which- or something. I just have to mention this whole plan that they come up with. They come up with a, the the truck gets gets taken out, so they come up with this other plan. But their their whole plan that Rhonda comes up with is basically that if they can get to the mountains, they're fine because she says the mountains are if the mountains are solid granite, which they're presuming that they are, then um, they'll be fine because the graboids can't move through solid rock. Now, I just want to say. Have you ever looked at the side of a mountain? <laughs> I just want to say mountains are not solid rock. That's well, actually incredibly rare. <laughs> and well, that's uh, the definition of a mountain. I mean, like, have you ever, like, you know, like, driven on a road that's blasted through a mountain? You can look and see the layers. It's yeah. not solid it's rock. It's not solid rock. Let alone solid granite, like 600 feet in the air. Solid fucking granite? I don't think so. I mean, like, the largest mountain that is made completely of stone is Stone Mountain in Georgia. And it is not very big at all. You can... People, we used... When we lived down there, we would do it, like, walk up to the top and back down just as a Saturday hike. I mean, it's not, like... (laughs) It's really not anything that's too impressive it's very there would those mountains are not made of solid rock the entire plan is flawed it's it's a problem i love this movie don't get me wrong but but just it's it's a big plot hole um but anyway what they do come up with is this plan that they're gonna grab this cat a bulldozer and they're gonna drag this old uh what what is it called? A semi semi trailer. Yeah. Um, and they're gonna get everybody loaded up into the semi trailer, and they're gonna go up the old jeep trail into the mountains and be safe. They mention that the cat is slower than hell. Mm-hmm. But they also mention that it's thirty tons, and they don't think that those graboids should be able to roll thirty tons. The graboid that is in the process of breaking buildings. Yeah. Is, and already rolled a mobile home. A mobile home. A 30-foot mobile home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're going to be fine in this 30-ton cat. Mm-hmm. Sure. Totally that'll be sense. fine. Um, so they do the, the 
I love I love they're driving so they they get everybody they go to they go to Bert and um Heather's it's Bert and Heather have been making pipe bombs they load up the the cat it's very tense while the things are trying to get them while they're waiting for Bert and Heather but Bert and Heather make it on and they all sail off and they see a little bit later that the monsters are like across the valley doing something then they can't tell what and and like Val is like I don't care what they're doing as long as they're doing it over there like not one person thinks maybe they're doing something bad yeah (laughs) like they already decided that at least one of the ones that's left is kind of intelligent right like learning Mm mm-hmm but all the same, like, oh, yeah, as long as it's over there, it's fine. It's fine. I don't care what they're doing. It's fine. They're not doing anything over there. I'm sure that'll not turn out to bite us in the ass at all. Um, so it, then it turns up that, oh, yeah, they're driving along. And all of a sudden, um, I love where Bert is. He's in the bulldozer's, like, scoop thing, just yeah. riding along with a big old shotgun. <laughs> And he sees the trap right before they hit it, and he tries to yell to to Kevin, to Kevin, to Val, to stop. But um, plot device, they don't stop in time. No plot device. The graboids were actually digging a giant ditch. Yeah, they to prevent them from getting out. Dug like a sinkhole or something, <laughs> so that yeah, to prevent them, so that they couldn't go any further on the cat. The cat sinks down into the ground. It's useless. They're stuck. Um, they make it to more outcroppings of residual boulders, quote unquote. I'm doing the bunny ears with my hands. And uh, um, then they... They, uh, fa- they found out while they were still in the semi-trailer that using the pipe bombs would... It, d- it didn't necessarily kill the graboids because the graboids were still underground. But it would... Because of the loud noise, yeah. it would freak them out. The loud would, like, noise would scare them. Yeah, like disorient them. Or it hurts them. Yeah, it hurts them. It doesn't kill them, but it hurts them. And they have to run away from it, basically, because they're so sensitive to sound. So Rhonda comes up with the plan to throw one of the pipe bombs in the direction they want to run towards the boulders. Mm-hmm to get the graboids to go away and then they all take off running. It's really intense and it doesn't like everyone's just running. Right. So they do make it to the boulders. Um, Bert and Val have a fight, but then they kind of get things back together again and they come up with this new plan to throw rocks to lure one of the graboids to a location and then throw a pipe bomb at it to get them to, like, take the pipe yeah, bomb. Yeah, they call it going fishing. Going fishing. Yeah, like they have Like, they have it tied on a rope and they take it and they get... So they get the graboid to come up by throwing the rocks because it's picking up the vibrations mm-hmm. of the rocks. And it comes up, like, just enough and little tonguey things are, like, <laughs> trying to, like, find out what's there. And then they throw the bomb out and they put a fuse on it, like a 30-second fuse. And they light it and they throw the bomb out and then they start pulling it back just ever so slightly, right. like kind of reeling it in, reeling mm-hmm. it in, reeling it in. And the graboid pops up and it grabs the bomb and pulls it down. And so then they all hide and it 
and the graboid explodes. So one down. One down, one to go. There's, they're down to their last graboid, and they try to do it again. They think, okay, great, this will do it again. Yes. But this is the smart one. Yes. The smart one does not take their bait. The Which smart they one, realize. The smart one spits it back at them, yes. and they all have to run for it again. <laughs> and Val, Earl, and Rhonda somehow end up like 50 feet away from the rock. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody else is still on the rock. Because when it spits it back, it... Not only spits the bomb back, but that bomb lands on the bag of extra bombs that they yes. had. So somehow they, the dust settles. They're like 50 feet away from the boulders. Everybody's no somehow harmed. still alive. Yeah. Nobody's hurt. <laughs> the Nobody's boulders, deaf. The boulders are fine. The like boulders are fine. By, the, by this giant explosion that just happened. Yeah. Like, all the pipe bombs explode at once, and everything's fine. Except for one. They have one left. Correct. Um, so... Val and Earl and Rhonda are all, like, 50 feet away. And this they try time, and tell them to come back. Right. Val is holding the pipe bomb. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah, so... They run for it again. But they're um, like they start coming back and then the graboid comes up. Right. And, and they have to stop. Val had learned back before that because when he was running for the cat mm-hmm. that if he froze mm-hmm. it couldn't find him. Right. As so long they're as, all like, freezing. he froze and didn't move, it couldn't find him because there again, there's no vibrations for it to find you. I feel like that's technically not true because you still have a pulse. You're still breathing. <laughs> and if I they're f- that sensitive to sound, they could hear your pulse yeah, and your they breathing. Would, they would pick those vibrations up. Like, yeah. Like you said, the science in this movie doesn't I mean, make sense. It's like suddenly it can't right. find them even knowing that. That's, yeah. That's the part that doesn't make sense. Right. Exactly. So they're running back for the, for the rocks and then Val... Val and Earl are like right next to each other. They freeze. Rhonda freezes. She's a little bit further away. And the people on the rocks are still yelling, come back, come back, you know. And they're trying to make a distraction, but it's not working. Yeah. It still knows that they're right, that Val and Earl are right there, but it can't find Mm -hmm. them. Val and Earl have an argument because Earl is trying to say, you know, let's go or throw the bomb, throw the bomb. And Val is like, no, this is our last bomb. And so they wait, they wait, and Rhonda's like, what are you doing? Suddenly Val turns and runs in the totally opposite direction. Yes. And then Earl follows him. Val is trying to light the bomb, realizes that he doesn't have the lighter. He's got to get it from Earl again. Rhonda had it. Oh, did she? Yes. That's right. Okay. Yes, because she she wasn't going to run, and then she pats her chest and finds it in her pocket and she realized she has it that's why she turns and runs afterwards because she realized she had it um because he had handed it to her i think when they were still in the Mm semi-trailer when they were throwing the bombs then um so they turn and run they have the one lighter Rhonda catches up to them this thing is chasing them and suddenly they come to a big old cliff. Yeah, just a big old cliff. <laughs> Weren't they in a valley? Yeah, they were. So where did this cliff come from? I don't know. 
How deep is my valley? When did they get to when did they get to the top of that mountain? I didn't realize that valleys had cliffs in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't the fucking Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Graboid is still coming directly at Val. He um and then so they, Val, they, they Val like wraps his finger around the um fuse and rips it off so that it's it. really short and then they're like throw it throw it throw it but he won't throw it until he he finally does throw it and it lands like just behind the graboid and earl thinks he's like whiffed it but yes. it's actually what val meant to do in the first place because, because what he does is he makes that thing go into a full blind on panic and it just shoots forward and doesn't think about where it's going and just sails right out of the side of that cliff exactly right out the side of the cliff and gravity takes over yes can you fly you sucker you sucker <laughs> oh and it like splats and it just like like kind of crumples and explodes at the same time. It's yeah, really, like you can see really like great. its exoskeleton like burst open. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, with all the like orange goop. It's really great. Uh, and then we go back to town again. Yes. Um, there, Val and Earl are uh, fixing up their truck again. Um, and Rhonda comes over to talk to Val, and he tries to play it cool, but he just acts like an idiot. And so then he goes to try to like. Uh, have his little romantic moment with with uh, Rhonda. They kiss. I mean, they f- smash their faces together, but, and but they kiss. Scene. And scene. Movie over. Credits roll. Reba McIntyre starts singing. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Tremors. <laughs> I I like this movie. I love this movie. Um, I think it's got a good cast. There's it does it. There's a, there's good chemistry between everybody. Everybody has a really good chemistry together. I thought everybody, despite the fact that as we were saying, like n- like most of these people were not big name actors. I mean, they were all really good. Yeah, I mean, even the fact that like you have Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre, who are two very big names. Even back mm-hmm. then, they were still pretty big names. Mm-hmm. This is Reba's first acting gig, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Bacon had already made like Footloose and you know other um, movies by then by this movie. Yes, but normally you would think that a movie like this would like prop them up and they'd have like a lot more scenes on their own because they're the big names, right? But it doesn't have that. Like Mm-mm. it's it's very it's like an ensemble movie. Yes, it is an ensemble movie, definitely for sure. Um, I thought uh, the characters were well written. I. Th- that they all had well, I mean, their with own a couple distinct... of exceptions like the doctor and his wife well and... whatever but they all had personalities and stuff i mean except for the doctor and his wife they were kind of bland but they had the most that scene i mean they had the most that scene was so messed up but uh cool creatures i like the graboids you know um there's a lot of plot holes but i can when i watch this movie i can suspend my disbelief and just enjoy it because i think the the pros make up for the cons you speaking know? of the creatures um a, a, one of the original ideas for by the special effects crew was for the worms to have an outer shell when above the dirt 
the shell would retract to re- reveal a single slimier inner worm. Yeah. However, many production members started to giggle at the phallic resemblance it had with a foreskin. Oh. So this was changed to the big worm sprouting several smaller worms. Yeah. Good yes. call. Good call. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, yeah. No, actually, Shout out I, to I my girls it's... in the November 2019 babies group. I thought of you guys when I read that one. <laughs> okay. So we all had babies in November, and so that's kind of on our minds right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, go ahead. Nope, I'm picturing foreskins now. I have to leave. <laughs> uh, for the scene in which Rhonda had to get out of her pants, um, the actress Finn Carter didn't rehearse that scene. So, um, her reactions are authentic that oh. you saw on the screen. I, you know, honestly, I, it felt like it, yeah. There are only two interior sets in the entire movie, Walter's store and Burton Heather's basement. Everything else is shot outside. Wow, yeah, that's right. Although Tremors was not a big hit during its theatrical run, it became a runaway smash in the home video market and ultimately tripled its original box office gross with VHS sales and rentals. Holy cow, that's awesome. The scriptwriter said that while he was writing the script, he imagined Bert and Heather Gummer to be played by Chuck Norris and Linda Hamilton. Oh dear. No, Chuck Norris as Bert? And Linda Hamilton. <laughs> and Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. No, no. Oh, no. working titles for the film. Oh, yes. Were Beneath Perfection. I like that one, actually. Dead Silence. Mm. And this was our favorite because it's a throwback to one of our favorite episodes. Land sharks. Land sharks. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. There's no Brooke Hogan in this movie. Sadly, I mean, what were they thinking? Oh, she was probably a child. Yeah. I, I don't know when she was born, but I feel like she probably would have been young. She, <laughs> if she, she was I mean, even she born. Could have played Mindy's part, maybe. If maybe. She was born. If she was even born. Maybe. I mean, I would have been young for this movie. I would have been three. I want to say she's a little bit older than me, but I'm not sure about that. Maybe I'm wrong. I wanted to say 84. Oh, but so I don't. Then she'd be younger. I might be me. totally wrong, off with that too. Hmm. I don't know. I think that's I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't know. 88. She oh. is younger than I thought. Oh, she's younger than me. She is. Wow. Oh, th- this was your favorite. We talked about this earlier, um, off recording. The golden oldie. Quote, quote, playing in the doctor's buried station wagon is a song by Bobby Bear called Dropkick Me Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not Dropkick Me Jesus as in like karate kick me Jesus. It's Dropkick Me as in like kick a football. Yes. Like me, Jesus, me like the you football. are the football and Jesus is going to kick a field goal with you. Um, but that really disturbs me because that song doesn't sound like it goes in that direction it sounds like it's a love song (laughs) like like one of the lines is like just me and the candlelight and you're like 
dropkick me Jesus? What? <laughs> uh, body count. Yes. Because I know that this is important it for is. you. Body count is only 10. Oh, man. That is not including sheep or horses. It would have been higher if we included those. You know what is crazy, though? Like, most of these movies, like, I've been really wanting to make this scale that we rate on this Voorhees, one to Voorhees scale, you know? Like, I've wanted to make this a thing, and I'm trying to remember to do it, but so many of these movies are, like, 10, 11, 10, 11. Like, seriously. I'm like, would you have some variety, please? (laughs) Uh, in order, Edgar Deems, Old Fred, the two road workers, the doctor and his wife, the two people who came by to check on the road workers, <laughs> they were killed off screen, Walter and Nestor. Mm-hmm. I think Nestor was probably my favorite death just because he's such an idiot. Yes, that's why we have the Nestor Award. The Nestor Award, yes. Do we have a Marigold? I didn't feel like... Well... No, I was saying I was thinking Rhonda spouted a would not really exposition, but she would give like sciency knowledge and things, which in of. this case could be exposition. Yeah, it could be. I mean, because but... really, it, without her, it would have just been a buddy movie, right? Between I, Val and Earl, I feel like you couldn't really. She was that wasn't her only. She actually um, came up with several of the ideas that they used to move the plot forward, so I don't feel like she could be a Marigold. She came up with several of the ideas, but could someone else have easily come up with them? Yeah. Like otherwise? They could have, but they didn't. I mean, I'm just saying she didn't exist solely to provide exposition. She did other stuff in the movie. So. Okay. I mean, you would know that better than I would. I'm just trying that's, to make conversation That's my here. justification for... for I, That's how we, I always look at it. Chad? Um, I was trying to think if there was a Chad, you could maybe build a case for Bert being the Chad, but I don't really think so. I think he's just trying to... I think he... I think Survive. He's, yeah. He's, he's just got his own opinions as to how that works. He's a doomsday prepper. Yeah, and it's not what everybody else thinks but i don't think he's an asshole he just that's how he i mean he's not a bad guy or anything i mean if i was gonna vote for a chad i would say maybe melvin oh melvin oh <laughs> fuck him he's the chad i hate melvin <laughs> just because he's an annoying teenager <sighs> i hate him i wish he died do you want me to look i don't have an archive of their own or anything nah. like that I didn't I do. We'll leave that to Carnage. That, that's all. That's all. Carnage. Carnage gets to do fan fiction because. Okay. So we. I mean, I would assume there probably is plenty of fan fiction for this movie. You'd think it's been out for a while and it's got a big cult following and. Yeah. But I'm not doing fan fiction without Carnage. That's fine. We'll let her chorus in whenever she can. Post it on the Facebook or. On the she actually um, Instagram or something. I had to cut to. it. I had to cut it out of one episode. She actually read one because it was only like two hundred and six words or something. But it was like, um, it was a Toy Story. It was like crossed with Toy Story, <laughs> and it was like sexual. That's disturbing. And she like 
insisted on reading it, but I cut it out of the episode, and she was mad at me for doing it. Well played. That. But I was just like, and she was, and then she's like reciting it, like she's reading it out loud, like into the microphone, and her voice just keeps getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, I am living in an apartment. There are children around here who can hear you. Stop talking about Woody's penis. Okay, well. So, I mean, yeah, that's all her. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, do you have any other thoughts or opinions on the movie? Uh, no, why don't we rate it? All right. You want to go first or you want me to go first? I would like to go first this okay. time, I guess. I'm going to go with like a 7.23. Okay. I'll leave it at that. 7.23? Yeah, it's it's... Again, like I said, I for 10 years, I didn't know this was a Kevin Bacon movie. When you only see one scene, it makes total sense. Once I actually saw the whole movie and put it all together, it's not, I mean, it, it's a comedy horror, so it's perfect for this podcast. I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long to review it. <laughs> right. And I'm really happy I got to be here for it. <laughs> so, I mean, I like it because it's comedy horror. Mm-hmm. It's not really one that I would put on all the time, mm -hmm. but I enjoy it. It's a good movie. I'll watch it if it's offered. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, yeah, I'll stick with a 7.23. That all sounds right. pretty good to me. Well, I'm going to go a bit higher. I'm going to go eight and a half. Um, yeah, I agree with the critics on this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, like you said, it's a comedy horror, which is like my two favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> what do I love besides horror? Comedy. What do I love most? Combining the two of them <laughs> because they don't go together. Or at least hey. you would think that they shouldn't, but they do. It's fabulous. It's like sweet and salty. It's a good ensemble. A lot of good people. Everybody is pretty well-rounded. Yeah. Flows pretty well. It's, you know, like I said, it's 96 minutes, but it doesn't, it doesn't really drag. It no, it's, keeps going. it keeps going. It's something's always going on. It's there's nothing really dragging out. There's not a lot of downtime. It moves along at a nice pace. I like it. I like that. I like the creatures. I like just the pacing like we were talking about. And I lost my other train of thought that there was something else I was going to say about it that I liked. And uh, now I can't remember what it was. Um, choo, choo, here comes a train. Here comes a train. That reminds me of like this really weird horror movie that I watched not long ago, like last week or something. I have to tell you about it. It's like a, it was like weird. It was like, like a murder mystery train wreck and then creature feature kind of not. That's uh, weird. Same time. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> I think this is, yeah, I just think this is a great little movie i throw it on all the time um i do watch it all the time i throw it on in the background background a lot um and it's just one that i enjoy all right so yeah that's why i give it an eight and a half all so right. no fan fiction nothing else really to do so i think uh we can get out of here now pimp yourself you got anything to pimp no Okay. Miss you, Carnage. We Stepping you in Carnage. for you, but I still miss you. It's fine. Get well soon. You don't have to rush back. Actually get well. Yeah. 
<laughs> Although we do want you to come back like soon. But <laughs> not until you're better. Yeah. Oh, just say pimp podcast. Let's get out of here. All right. Sounds good. So um, we are part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. We are very happy to be part of their network. Um, MorbidlyBeautiful.com is your place for all things horror. Um, it's a great website. There's tons of reviews. They're moving into horror news and they're moving into like fiction and stuff. It's pretty cool. So check them out. We love them there. They're home away from home. And uh, we are hosted by Anchor.fm. We are on social media at Podcast at Night for um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Maverick does uh, some of our social media. I do the Facebook group. Yes. I also have my own Instagram, G-O-M-A-V-R-I-K, Go Maverick. There we go. Um, you guys are chaos at night and carnage at night. Yes, we are. Although, like, I have not been active nearly enough on fa- on Instagram lately and way too active on Facebook. Yeah. I really switched <laughs> it around. I really have to, like, prioritize my social media, like, majorly. Come, come visit us on the Facebook group. I've yeah. Been, I've been really active there the past like couple days i've noticed like i was posting like every couple hours and i was like where's this coming from (laughs) no i thought that was cool i was glad i just share stuff as i find it so yeah i'm trying to do more in the facebook group too um but uh instagram uh i did so i actually did some on our instagram because every once in a while i like to hijack our instagram and do stuff too yeah um oh you can go on instagram and read my the beginning of my my fanfic that i was writing for carnage yes that's right (laughs) she called us assholes for that one i thought it was pretty good i don't know why i mean that was actually a nice fanfic i could have been worse you could have been mean we really appreciate you listening. Um, if you can support us, you know, we appreciate that too. If you don't have money, like we get it, we don't have money either. True. But uh, we could always really... I have two kids. I don't have money. Right. <laughs> Use a review as a great way to support us. Um, it gets us seen. Uh, it gets our visibility up. So go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, leave us a five-star review. <laughs> um Take a screenshot of it and send it to us, and we will send you a free sticker. It'll take a while, but you'll get your sticker. (laughs) Um, If you do have money and you're interested in merch, we do have a merch store. Link is in the show notes. And we have, we even have baby clothes. Yes, yes, you do. And I ordered. Yes, you did. I know. We have have a, a, we got the baby onesie, and I got a toddler t-shirt for Gator. Did so, that stuff come yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I got it okay. last weekend. Yeah. Oh, cool. Or two weekends ago. Two weekends ago, I think. Oh, awesome. Yeah. No, it's actually really cool. I haven't taken photos yet because I had to watch them because both of my boys have really sensitive skin. But Aww. Yeah. But when I finally get them on them, I will cool. take photos and we'll make sure we get them posted. I'm very eager to see a blood spattered baby. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> Because, yeah, there's a lot of blood spatter on my artwork. What? What? I don't think there's I, anything I wrong with can't, that. I can't wait, especially for Gator to wear his t-shirt. And it's got, you know, like the goats, the ram's heads on it. Mm-hmm. So he's going to wear this at daycare. And, like, other parents <laughs> are going to walk in and be like, what, what is he wearing? <laughs> but luckily the girls, the ladies who work at daycare, actually, most of them, at least the ones that I'm friends with, know that. I sometimes help out on this podcast so the, and they know like what the subject matter is so mm. they kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, it was um 
at uh, my friend's art class. I sat in on her art class and uh, the other night and these I was sitting at this table with a bunch of, of old people, older people, <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my my podcast at night pencil case, which has the Rams, the bloody Rams heads on them. And they're just looking at me like they, they're like looking at the thing, looking at me, looking at the thing, looking at me, just like trying to make awkward conversation. Last, last Sunday, we went to a bounce house um, park, I guess you would call it, for a birthday party. And I totally had my T-shirt on. Did you? Surrounded by kids. <laughs> Surrounded by kids. Whoops. <laughs> That's great. Probably didn't look very good when Gator got lost in the bounce house. <laughs> so that's it. And uh, so I will say goodbye from chaos and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Goodbye from Maverick. I don't know when I'll be back next, but hopefully soon. Hopefully it won't be too long. I'm sure it'll be soon. Yeah. Get well soon, Carnage. We miss you. Love you. Love you, Carnage. And we are filmed in front of a live studio audience of one cat and one crown tail beta yes and they are his the name is king philip king philip and winifred got along very well together <laughs> i can't do anything better than that <laughs>